I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Really interesting weekend uh, for for me, for one, um, well, for everybody, I guess, but uh, we hit like a record low for our temperature. In fact, um, we live obviously in Vermont, but Mount Washington's in New Hampshire, and hit it hit a record negative uh, 108 degrees with wind chill. I think the temperature, though, was negative... Um, was it negative 48 or negative 38? It was anyways, the temperature was, I don't know. Was, I just saw that hundred. Yes. Number. It was a negative 108, which was like the highest ever recorded in us, by the way, in case you're wondering, it was the, but that's the, with the wind chill with the wind chill, but still, but up yeah. in Mount Washington, the wind chill was sustained. So it yeah, basically yeah, yeah. feels like 108. <laughs> it's crazy. And what they also say, there's the first time ever in history in the U S where the, we live in the troposphere. I didn't realize that in the stratosphere, um, is, uh, is basically space. And it was the first time the stratosphere, because the, the, the temperatures were so cold, it compressed it and pushed the stratosphere into the troposphere. It's the first time ever. And, uh, I think in, in the U S ever, uh, which is cold basically. Mm-hmm. And there was a group of people up there and they were doing that. So of course, what do we do is Saturday morning, it was negative 75 degrees on top of Mansfield and we skinned up, uh, which is means you basically hiked them out. And, you know, and, and people say like, how is that even humanly possible? The funny thing is it wasn't actually that, I mean, it was cold, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but we, you, you dress for it. Like, yeah. like you, even when I climbed Kilimanjaro, like it was negative 20, negative 30. I and mean, then we were out there for much longer periods of time. Like it was cold then too, as well. Um, you just can't really have exposed skin. That's really exactly. the biggest thing. Other than that, like you're moving, I wouldn't want to get caught up there and like, I wouldn't want to stop, <laughs> but, um, there was three, there was a group of us and three of them did get frostbite, but they only got frostbite on the way down. Because oh, the way down, it, it, you only needed seconds or like a couple minutes and you got it. But it was because they were skiing down and they had any exposed points they didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And, but it went away within minutes. But anyways, it was there. But that was a fun and my a pipe burst in my house, which was been fun dealing with all of that ramifications over the last couple of days. We still have like 17 fans in our house and our kitchen's apart right now. Oh and gosh. Yeah, it's been fun. Isn't all all, yeah, all part, part of the of, life. That's what I was gonna say. It's all just part yeah. Of actually, it. the funny thing is when when it was when our pipe burst, the first thing I did is I looked over and made sure my skinning gear was dry. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I was like, well, everything's fine. Priorities, I get to go skinning. Like I it's good. Yes, it's perfectly fine. We're good. That's funny. Yeah, it is. Um, speaking of which, you know, even during the whole experience, like my honestly, the the it was an experience, but my energy didn't shift. Like I didn't get upset. I didn't get frustrated. I didn't really get irritated. Maybe a slight tingle or something that came in there. But the reality was it's just like, Oh, like this is going to be exciting. Like we got to go out to dinner a couple times this week. Or like at first I was like, well, we're going to go stay in a hotel for a couple nights. Cause I wasn't sure how bad it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually ended up drying out for what it was. You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with the, the deep work that, um, people do listening to the show. Right. Um, who, you know, if you're, if you're listening to our podcast, it, you know, there's an element of you that has, has realized that playing the game of the worldly person doesn't really really work. Um, and you are, uh, on an inner journey and an outer journey. You love this outer experience that you're having, which are con- you know, objects of consciousness, um, which is what everything you see, the roles you play are objects of consciousness, the roles, you know, the things you have, the experiences you go on, those are all objects of consciousness, but you realize there's a deeper part of you. Um, and today we, we're really going to discuss, um, what prevents you from actually having more of the, the experience, um, and really living without having these highs and lows of life. Um, and really what, what it comes down to is this word we've used a lot is what is called a samskar. It's really the, it's really the mind that does all this, the ego, the psyche, but let's talk about specifically today, 
what the role of the samskara is with all of this. Um, most people, when they see an event or they're communicating with somebody, and this could be even in a listening to this podcast right now, or listening to your, your mother or your friend or somebody to tell them about the new car they just got. When somebody comes to you and tells you about the new car they got, literally most people, 99% of people that are out there are listening to their mind narrate what they either like or dislike about the conversation and then when and what they should say about the conversation. And that voice generates the sentence that you see or hear in your head, right? Cause everyone hears it. So it, there's a voice that's generates a, a, uh, a language that you can read in your head. It's, it's sound saying it, but everyone knows that like if, if you can hear it, but you can also see the words too, right? Like, mm-hmm. th- like, can you see the word the in your head right now in your mind's eye? Like you can see it, right? Yes. Not in the same physical sense, but you could see it or you could visualize an apple. Yeah. So you kind of hear you hear the voice more, but you can also visualize those things as well too. It's like, there's another set in there that's doing it. But what the deeper level here is, is where does, where does the voice get its basically, um, its information from to share with you? Because it's not like it's talking Chinese in there, right? Or at least it's not for me, right? Cause I don't know Chinese fluently. So it would never actually say that. Mm-hmm. So it learned the language that you learned through your mind. Again, the, 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 the personal mind is what we're referring to here. The analytical mind is to actually how you learn playing tennis or learn a new language or the different things. That's a wonderful, or the analytical mind can recall memory, which is totally different than what we're talking about here. Some scar. But what happens for where the, the, the information that the psyche or the ego will, will pull from is really derived from samskaras uh, in past experiences or uh, that you've had that you've held on to and or that you've pushed away and you've stored these experiences. So the mind will ultimately go to this bank to pull information from. And that's how it starts to basically direct your life because it doesn't know anything else. Again, if you learned a different language, it would, you would hear a different voice in there with a different language, right? If you had different experiences, it would pull from a, from the same source, but the experiences would be different, which is why you and I look at something and we see it completely different. Sometimes we may get close, but the reality is, is we're never hundred percent because you're pulling it and looking at it based on your past experiences, which I'm talking about the experiences that you've held onto or pushed away, which are all com- called some scars, which we'll define in a second. So you pull from this and that's where this language comes from that starts narrating the rest of the world. I like this. I don't like this really is where it comes into. I wouldn't have bought that car. If, why did they pick that color? I don't really like this. Right. And so all of that, I don't know why people don't ever stop and think like, where does that actually come from? Where does a voice get its information from? So the voice, psyche, ego gets all of this information from this stored well that you have. And again, I'm not talking about like how to remember Hallie's name. That's a different spot you go to. That's the analytical mind that you can go to and say, what is Hallie's last name? And it tells me what the last name is. That's the, that's the analytical mind you using it. The personal mind jumps in there and starts telling you regardless of you're not using it at will. It's just showing up there. And it's because... A couple of things are happening, but I wanted to first lay this out. I don't think I've ever done this before, like showing where this information comes from. So in a samskara, basically, and the reason why the circle is the most powerful force in the universe is because where energy can keep moving, but stay still. So 
every second there's events happening, right? Not only the ones you see, but just everywhere. And 99.9% of the events that are happening, even in your peripheral right now, they're not bothering you. Like the car that's driving behind you right now, Hallie, is not bothering you, right? It's just because it's making its way through it. You just see it for what it is. You just go through there. There are certain things, though, that happen that don't match your current samskaras um, or do match your current samskaras that you cling on to or that you push away. And so, therefore, you start you start storing more of these energy patterns. And remember, every event that is there, the one that you just listened to my voice right now has an energy code to it, right? It has an energy pattern to it. That energy gets then stuck in you because you didn't allow the whole experience to go through because it was either too painful or too disturbing for you to um, handle, right? That's where people use that word handle. I can't handle this. When you can't handle something, you literally instantly store it. If you don't like it, you store it, right? And people do this every second of every day. You're driving down the road and the car is driving at a speed limit that you don't like and you get upset by it and you don't let the event go. You store some level of it. Now, later on, you may be fine, but you've still stored it now. It's still in there. So now every time somebody drives slow, you're getting more pissed and more pissed, right? And people go, well, that's just who I am. Well, I know it's who you are because that's all the stuff that you've stored and that's what's coming up. That's where the energy comes from that it grabs for its experiences. And that's what you, you, you are continually to experience what you're experiencing. Like if you, you know, if you went, if you turned the fan on and you're standing in the middle of the fan and the fan's still going, you're still going to be experiencing a fan the entire time, right? Until you turn the fan off. So you're, once you've stored something and made it idle, you're going to experience this your entire life until you get rid of it. Right? So some scars are, it's an ancient Sanskrit term, right? They've been talking about this for 2000 years. Meditators that would sit in caves and watch this happen came out and said, um, a Sanskrit, you know, a samskara basically, again, is a, is a, is an energy event that's happened that you have basically have these hands in there. Like, I know that you don't literally have hands, but it's the same way you have a screen inside your mind, even though you wouldn't call it a screen, but just like how you can see a banana, right? Like picture a banana in your mind or picture the word, you know, love in your mind, you can see it. Right. So you also have these, like almost it's real in there, but you also almost have like these imaginary hands in there that when an event comes in, it's like you're preventing it from actually passing through you through. It's like through your spiritual heart. And that's where, cause that's where the energy can come through there for one of two reasons. One, if the event is starting to become too painful, when it starts to come closer to you, it becomes more and more painful. And so therefore you almost grab these hands and you push them away. And the minute you do that exercise and you push it away, you've stored part of it or all of the entire event with you. So now you're going to relive the event your entire life. Again, that's why this is why people suffer. And then this is why people have likes and dislikes. Does everybody have some scars? Unless you are a fully enlightened master that has gotten rid of them. Yes. Can you give me an example of one of your some scars? Um, well, I still have a lot um, that are there that still need to clean up. And how you know is because I still get bothered by things and they and they and they can last longer than just a moment. So it could be, you know, even as simple as things of like, even this morning when I was driving in here, there was somebody driving slower than I wanted them to be driving. And then it hit me that this person is driving slow. And then of course, in that moment, I'm recognizing that I still have something stored in there because it's bothering me that the person's actually doing the speed limit, <laughs> by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cause they weren't even actually going below the speed limit. They were just going at the speed limit. Um, and but I, it's so, but it's never about like actual, they're driving, right? It's some, 
yeah, it hit me that this person isn't doing what I want. Isn't the definition of ego is basically like, it's essentially, if it bothers me outside, then it has something to do with your ego. If, if, If you're being bothered, then it's your ego that's being bothered, right? So like being egoic just means that if it's not about me, right? If it's about me, it's some level of egoic. People get ego confused so much. Like that is example of being egoic. Because instantly when the guy was going slower, I said, how dare, this is the the, mo- the voice, right? Yeah. Now, why would this person drive 40 in a 40 mile an hour zone? Don't they understand I have to get somewhere? Mm. And so the, the ego is all about you somehow making life outside personal. It's just made it personal. So now like it's, this is about me, not about the person. The person in front of them doesn't, doesn't care they're going 40. Right. In fact, actually when I, when I pass them to look at them, like they, they, they were just happy as can be. Yeah. And I'm sitting there back there and like, again, so there's an example of that, that got hit. Um, cause I do move fast and I like to, there's a certain speed limit that I like to drive. Mm-hmm. Right. And as long as people are driving that speed limit, they're good. <laughs> I mean, guys, the definition of ego, right. Is that yeah. you've taking events outside and then now you're making them personal to you based on how you want to be or you want things to you be. want things to be. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so when it hit, but the thing is like when it hits you, then you go, okay, I'm being hit. I can see that there's a some car there. And that's when you relax. It's like those small things, you just relax and you just let the experience come through. And then all of a sudden there's a wave that comes over you. It's like almost like a wave that pushes up. It's like, it's pushing through you. And as it starts to happen and starts to release, then all of a sudden you have this moment of peace. And all of a sudden for about two or three minutes, I didn't care that the person was doing 40 and then it came back again. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, maybe you um, are like getting rid of a little bit of it each time mm-hmm. but eventually eventually it does it go away altogether yeah i mean well, just if you think about like a like melting of like an ice sculpture it doesn't happen all at once but it happens very slowly like drips and drips and that's kind of how most people it, it, most individuals go through their spiritual journey or their spiritual practice by little drips at a time. It's in, in part of this, I've, I've heard individuals talk about like spiritual fracturing, right? Which is Eckhart Tolle is a great example of that, which he went from like a hundred percent egoic to 0% egoic in like an hour period of time. And he was on a park bench for three years because he was filled with so much ecstasy essentially, right? And joy that he didn't, he didn't know how to handle it. So they, people refer to that as like a spiritual fracture, meaning your body and your, in your energy body is used to absorbing a certain amount of energy and it can't handle it anymore. And so it just goes into overdrive and you just sit on a bench, right? So it's actually, and that's actually why in transcendental meditation, they teach you two 20 minute segments, uh, or sessions a day and not more than that, because they don't want you to feel, this is the answer that they would give you is they don't want you to feel, uh, if you do more of that, they don't want a spiritual fraction to occur too much energy to happen and you release too much at once and you can't handle the situation. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually talking to one of the oldest teachers that trained with Maharshi and he said he's seen it multiple times in his life where people would go and they would, they were not around the care of a, a, a professional Teacher, yeah. and they, they forced this too much. And they literally like their entire family fell apart because the guy was, didn't know how to interact with his family anymore. It is because he's just, has just too much energy roaring through them. And they were able to bring him, they actually, they went and 
I think it was like a two or three week thing and they got him back condensed and he was able to actually go interact back in the world. And he's seen that multiple different times. Um, so that's what happens if there's too much energy released into your system. So the goal is of the drips is that it's just slowly you just become more peaceful slowly as you release more and more of the samskara itself. I mean, you have think about all the experiences that you've stored in there, right? And you stored all these things in there. So you start slow dripping it more and more and more and you just start to just feel a little bit less. So what it feels like again is the same example driving the person in the car. It's not that it's gone, right? It can be right for, for people. It can be gone. But um, what you'll find is it just doesn't bother you to the point where it grabs you anymore. That's kind of like the first step is maybe you went 15 seconds without it bothering you and then you unloaded, right? That's 15 seconds is a small drip, right? And maybe you, the next time, maybe you go 25 seconds and then you gain a minute. And then you get to a certain point where you recognize that it's bothered you, but you've done enough, there's enough drip and it's not, and you're not putting your energy on it as much anymore that you can actually resist the pull to go down towards it and touch it. Cause that's what you do. You go down, right? You do that. The pull, when, when something, when you get angry or frustrated, or irritated, the pull is down, right? It's never up. The pull is for you to go down and touch it. You ever notice that? Like yeah. it's, it, there's a, there's a tendency it pulls that. So the energy is pulling you down cause it's blocked, right? Or the whole opposite of how, when you remove some scars, it's opposite. It lifts you higher. Like, so it pulls you up towards it. Like, again, think about when you've, maybe it's a big event, you know, some moment where you really were high. Like, I mean, like, I don't mean drug high. I mean, like you were really, your energy inside full was energy. full yeah. and like, you were so excited. It lifts you up, right? right? Because the energy is no longer blocked. So it's roaring through you, right? That's how you're supposed to feel every day, right? Of, of what that is. But if you have the, you know, if you have the, the Hoover, what's the, what's the Hoover Dam River? What is that? I, no I don't know the river that basically runs to where the Hoover, I was just thinking yeah. one day I was out and I did a bike, a hundred mile bike ride out to the Hoover dam. And I remember seeing this massive dam, right. And yeah. the river was there and the, you know, the analogy you could use, if there was no dam there, the river would flow fine and it would just be continuing flowing. The same thing for you. If there's no, some scars blocking you, the energy flows perfectly fine. It's why within kids, by the way, they have a tremendous amount of just vibrant energy all the time. And then as they start storing more and more things, their energy can be less and less and less. I don't mean even physical energy is different than energy that I'm talking about here, right? As you get older, there's, there's not true that you have less energy. You, you, have, you may have less physical capabilities, but it doesn't have anything to do with the energy that you feel inside, right? That's a totally different thing. Because even without limited physical energy, you could be so high inside that you are now writing or speaking or whatever it is. So the energy that you feel inside is not a dictation um, of, uh, or a direct, or a direct correlation to how old you are. Um, it's actually a myth that people, the physical capabilities. Yes. I, yeah. I understand that. Well, it's actually funny to say that because my, it's just, my mom always says, I, I feel like I'm 25 all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, she kind of like does yes. exude that type of yes. energy. All like that young, vibrant yeah. energy. Cause the inside feel all the time. Yeah. It's not an outward thing. And then you recognize like, Hey, maybe I can't run the mile as fast as I can anymore. Yeah. Maybe I can't go out there and, you know, bobsled or ski or whatever it is that you're doing at a certain age. You just do it. Your physical capabilities is not your energy level though. Mm, your yeah. energy level is completely different And your energy level of how you feel inside matters way more than anything outside. Yeah, that's true. So that's the whole point of, so the, the thing is with samskaras, the first step to understand, there's two things you want to do, right? With, as it relates to samskaras. Number one is you just need to stop storing them. 
period. You just don't want to put any more in there. And this is what I always kind of refer to. This is like at some point you kind of reorient your life. Like you've been dry, you've been heading West looking for a sunset. At some point you just have to wake up and realize I'm not going to head West anymore. I know I've got to go East. I don't know how far I have it is to go see a sunset. Um, however, or if you're heading East, right at some, you got it right. I said it backwards, but like if you're heading East looking for a sunset, you're never going to find it. No matter how far you're, at some point you wake up and realize I'm not going to travel East anymore. And at some point you have to wake up, like I'm going to stop storing these, some scars in here because if I keep storing some scars in here, it's just making the dam of energy more blocked. And so then I have more work to do later on. So that's your first orientation point when you hear this. So it's kind of like you do do an about face and turn around and go from now on, I'm going to do as best I can because you're not going to do it every time, but I'm going to do the best that I can by not allowing any more some scars to be stored in here. That means when th- anything happens from now on in my life, I can handle it. You don't look for challenging things. And this is where everyone's mind goes, what happens if my spouse dies? Right? Like literally that's where everyone goes to. I get it, right? Like I'm not denying the fact that you're doing this, but if something tragic, very rarely does that happen every day, by the way. I'm not talking about the giant things, which we will talk about, but I'm talking about the 99% that makes up every single day of your life. Like you didn't get a raise or some, you didn't get picked for something or you didn't get the job that you wanted, or you weren't able to secure the land that you wanted, or your house has a pipe that burst, right? I'm talking about all of those things that happen every single day to all of us that we keep making ourselves miserable about. That's where you first start. Now, as you do on that, you realize at some point that yes, there is death that happens in life. And as it happens in there, well, you, it doesn't mean you don't feel the experience. If it's happening for anything that's happening, you're feeling the true experience of it. Like you're aware that your heart is so low and that you haven't cried like that for years because you have that experience of this person no longer taking the physical world. I'm not denying any of that, right? It's just, you're allowing that entire experience to come through, right? So you can handle anything because by definition, if you can't handle it, you're storing something. So you just want to, you just make the, make the, you you decide in this moment that I can handle anything. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to screw up. It doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. Nobody's saying that doesn't mean it's morally right or morally wrong or right or wrong or just or unjust or fair or not fair has nothing to do with that. The outside world could care less when a tsunami, when a earthquake happens in another country, right? Like in there's 10,000 people that die. How many people really wake up around here thinking about it? Right. But if it's over there, I mean, it just happened. Right. And like, and if you're over there, you're thinking about it every single second of what it is. So experience, it doesn't, things are just going to happen outside and they're, you're going to, going to deal with them. Right. And so the, the first step is just, you can't store anymore in there. The second step is, is once you, once you recognize that you're being, that some scar wants to be released, you have to be willing to surrender. You have to be willing to relax And once you relax, you allow the event to pass through and there's no longer part of that event is gone. And people always ask the next question, which is, well, how will I know? You will know because you will be bothered. You're sitting in there and you're in, you know, and perfectly fine in a meeting and somebody doesn't call on you. Okay, great. You all of a sudden get hit. Right. And all of a sudden your mind starts going, how dare they not do this? This company doesn't appreciate you. You didn't get that raise. That's what you let go of. That's what you surrender to. That's in that moment you go, oh, look at that. That mind has just created a thought 
based on something that happened probably when I was in fourth grade and I get picked for something and now it's happening again and it's generating this thought. The funny thing about all this is that the only reason why the astral body is so powerful and so smart that's trying to get rid of this stuff. It's, it's almost like if you break your arm, there's your body sends signals to your brain and says there's pain here, right? Go get this fixed. It's the same thing here. It's saying you're blocked, Hallie, let go of this part so you can be unblocked. But we don't see it like that. When it, when it shows up as a negative energy inside, we go, I don't like the way this feels. It doesn't feel any good. And the mind goes, yeah, it doesn't go get a new job. And then you go get a new job and temporarily you feel better. And that's the game you play the entire time. Okay. Got a bunch of questions. Yes, for you. I see that. Um, well, the first one is about, are all Simskaras this negative? No energy i guess even that example you were talking about with being in the meeting you were like you know oh the person didn't call on me so you know what's wrong you know what what's wrong with me and why you know they don't respect me or whatever and then i'm thinking but you someone didn't get called and they could also be thinking oh thank god yeah i didn't really you know i'm so glad they didn't i'm really grateful i didn't get called on because i didn't want to have to share my thoughts or like you know like it can go either it's not always negative per se. Well, well that there's, there's a truth table. I'm going to talk about the truth table in a second. This, the second thing is, is that they can be positive. Just people have stored 90% negative and 10% positive. That's why there's way more negative things that show up because most of what it is, is you not get it's based on the truth table, right? So the truth table is you're, you're, you're okay. If you, if you don't get what you don't want, you're happy, right? If you don't get what you don't want, you're happy. You're going in for uh, a cancer screening and you don't have cancer. You're really relieved, right? I know it's an example, but that's what it is, right? If you get what you want, you are happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you get what you don't want, you suffer. And if you, uh, if you get what you, um, and then if you get what you don't want, you also suffer. There's four quadrants there. Okay. And so any one of those scenarios is why people suffer. If you get what you don't want, you don't feel good. If you Mm -hmm. get what you want, you feel good. If you avoid what you don't want, you feel good. Good. If you get what you don't want, you feel you suffer again. Yeah. So it's the truth table. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, you know, some like positive experiences that someone would store and they might say, well, what's wrong with with that? Let me give you the same on the same example. So somebody is in a meeting and they get called on. And somebody goes to them and they say, and you share your insights and all of a sudden it's the whole group goes. And then all of a sudden your mind goes, see, you're so smart. You should be the CEO. You probably quit this job and actually go run something else. Like it's just, it's just because now it's a, you feel great Mm -hmm. because now look at me now I'm powerful. Everyone saw what I did because I, you stored the event. The other example that I know that Michael Singer uses a lot. It's like as a, as a positive example is you go to dinner and you have a wonderful experience with Bill. Right. And it's, it's so great. The music's fine. The night is perfect. And you go back and you go to your friends and you say, look, I'm going to take you all this dinner because it's absolutely the best dinner ever. And then you show up there and it's not the same Mm -hmm. different waiter. It's a different environment. You're feeling different bills off, whatever he's, he's looking at his phone and it's the same experience. And you find yourself apologizing for overselling it. Same thing on vacation. Yeah. You go to a vacation one time, right? And I'm not saying there's other, there's not places that you can go that are, that have a wonderful experience over and over again, but you go there one time, right? And like, and it's like, it's the best thing ever. And have you ever gone back there and all of a sudden it's no longer the best thing that you thought it was anymore? 
things change. So those are positive experiences that you store in there. The, the reality though, is that we store way more negative experiences than we do positive ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, you know, the, um, you know, somebody graduating from college and being the first one in their family to graduate from college, they stored that, whatever that feeling was, or the birth of a child, they're storing yes. those feelings. And I can imagine people asking, well, what, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, because you're reliving an experience that has already happened and you're not living the experience in front of you. And the, and the stored SIM scar is different than a memory. Yeah. You can recall memory without any attachment to it. But memories do give you feelings. Only ones that have some scars attached to it. So you, I guess so, but I mean, recall. No, they all do. And if you have a, if you have a, if there's like, so if you go out there and You're like. Just, so some scar is the same as a feeling? Well, some scars generate energy. The energy has two different things that happen to it. Emotions and the voice that talks. So let's just use an example. So I'm recalling a memory of a great vacation I had. Yep. What is that? That's well, a samskara? Well, yeah, because you probably stored it. Or am I just recalling that it was a great memory or a great vacation? Well, remember the, the great vacation, you stored an energy pattern to it. I would ask the question is if you feel, let me just give it, this is a better way of saying it. If you feel higher by recalling an event than you do sitting here now, you were recalling it to feel the vibration of that energy because you like what it, the way it made you feel versus if you are already feeling that high, recalling the moment you recall it without any more energy attached to it because you don't need that to make you feel better. And most of the time when people recall of an event like that is because they want to feel better inside. Got it. Nothing okay. wrong with that, by the way, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just, it's not the, if we're going to talk really deep, it's not the real way out. Cause all you're doing is you're now reliving an old pattern of energy and you're missing the actual experience of life. Okay. That's why it was hard for me to understand. Cause I don't typically, I, I don't tend to do that when I'm, when I'm recalling the memory, I'm not feeling the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just recalling it as like a store, like a story. Yeah. Like, Oh, let me tell you about the time I did blah, 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 whatever. But then I am thinking about like, you know, some people who I'm thinking about parents, I guess, you know, who, who sit around and talk about their old stories from high school and, you know, when they first met each other and like all, all this stuff. And there's, I think there's some scars around that. Right? Probably. And again, there's nothing wrong with like yeah. rehashing and telling fun stories. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We're not, not denying the fact that you can sit there. I'm just, if you're sitting around like with old friends and you're kind of recalling stories, yeah. it's wonderful. Like you just have a wonderful experience by doing that. But you, most people aren't doing that when those are few times in their lives. Most people, what they're doing is they're recalling a, a moment to basically escape from the present one because that moment that they're recalling is a better feeling than the current moment. All of which is happening subconsciously. Which is, yeah, essentially. But this is also, this is also the whole hope term, right? Which is hope is, and this is not a really, um, you know, people don't like talking about hope is not a, a spiritual, um, concept. It's not really because it's better. It's a step. Absolutely. So I would, if, would you rather be depressed versus if you have hope to get out of depression? Absolutely. You should have that hope is something that is wonderful and you can use it. It's a tool and you should do that. But there's a, there's a step above this basically. And again, I'm, there's probably, a, and I, frankly, I probably use hope at times too, right? Like there it's not, so I'm not saying it purely from, from my standpoint, but at some level, like there's been, there's times like when you're just so filled that 
even if something really challenging goes on, you don't need hope because you're already, you don't, the only thing that hope is, is doing is basically saying this internal feeling that I have right now is really messed up inside and it doesn't feel good. And I hope that someday this changes. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way this feels in there, but if you're really okay with everything, right. And you're fed from within at this level, then you don't really need hope. It doesn't mean you don't take action. It doesn't mean you don't change the situation. It doesn't mean you don't, you may not feel these things come in there. You just don't need to sit there and imagine what it's going to be like when your life is no longer like this. Now, people have asked me when this things happen, they go, well, what if my kid is sick? What am I not going to have hope? No, you should have, go have hope, right? If that is, you should absolutely do that. Um, I always go back to the case where oh, I was sitting with Mike and we, we talked about hope when he said, you know, when he was going through his trial and actually Oprah asked him about the same thing too. Um, and when he was going through his trial, basically as the CEO of the company, which he got acquitted for, like it was just, it, it, it was ludicrous charges, but like he, for five years was going through this battle. And one day they just dismissed the case. And he said he felt zero difference once they did. And, and Oprah was like, you felt no relief. And he goes, I felt zero relief. I felt zero nothing changed because he wasn't stressed in the first place because he didn't he'd already accepted the fact that he's in the moment if he happens to be in jail he's in jail yeah and he doesn't and it's, not, and it's not and he didn't it's not that he didn't fight like that's what he's saying it's just i've already accepted the fact like it's just it's why worry about it i don't need hope because i'm not worried about it i'm already fed from within i know it's hard for really people to understand that but there's that is a way you can live your life that you're fed so far within that you don't need anything else outside you if the experience is so high from within that you could, you could literally be sitting in a jail cell in so high. And again, I'm not, I'm not advocating that. Like I'm not saying that you should be like that or you shouldn't experience life, but there is a place where you can get that you can live that way. And if that happened to be, you know, the path that was there, then just, it, it, you're just, what's the alternative fighting it? I mean, I mean, fighting it internally, it doesn't mean you don't mm-hmm. fight it outside. Mm-hmm. Do you think some people use the term hope? I don't know if this is true or not. Use the term hope. Um, I think kind of like, you know, wishing or, but some people use it like in terms of like faith, yeah, like, I th- like I th- hope yeah. or faith in like a higher, to me, it feels like more religious than spiritual, but I, I could be wrong there. Yeah. You know, I don't know too much about, you know, I will say that Ganga G did a really great episode um, uh, about hope. And she actually said the exact same thing that we're, we're kind of saying here. She probably said it better than I did, but she also said that there's nothing wrong with using hope as like a light blessing. It's just that when you attach energy to it, like, Hey, I hope you have a great day. Like there's nothing wrong with using the word like yeah. that, but it's just when you get the whole, I guess what I'm trying to say, cause that is like wishing somebody. Yes, it is like, like Hey, I, and I say that all the time. Like, like I hope you have a great day. Hope yeah. you have a safe trip. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's like a light, it's, it's like, like a, a blessing, well, a well like wishing. a well wishing. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I guess the whole point is when you buy into that, my life needs to, is going to be better, better in some future moment. And you yeah. start live, reliving that you're just and you're living that entire life. Like you're missing everything in front of you. That's the whole point of what I was trying to make there. And then, yeah. you know, so you don't have to go too far deep down that hole being like, how could you not have hope? Like but you I should can also see how it is a great it is a yes. It's a great tool. tool and a guiding light for people who are not in a good place. Absolutely, yeah. and and, it, and you and you should use it. Yeah, just understand that's not the end all. That's all I'm saying here. Yeah. Again, but I, it might get you far enough. Absolutely, to be able to do the deeper. That's exactly work. right. Yeah. and it's the same thing with like positive affirmation works. Right. it's not the end all, but it's a great first step. Right. Visualization works is a great. It's not the end all. There's just steps, right? It's like okay, when you can throw a pitch at 75 miles an hour, that's pretty fast, but it's not going to get you in major leagues. It's not the end all. Those are, those are tools that you use along the way and techniques used along the way. And remember along your spiritual journey, there's going to be a lot of techniques you're going to have to go through. 
which is why I think the ultimate technique you can do is always surrender because that is the path that takes you everything. And then along the way, you're going to have a whole bunch of clues and people help you out and different techniques you can use. And you, you're going to use different, you know, you're going to use either mantra or positive affirmation based on where you're at with the situation that's there. Like it may come to money and you don't need any, like you're just totally good with money. Right. Or may, but then all of a sudden it may come to your kids and you need to use like the most basic, simple thing ever because it triggers you. Mm. And that's why the whole essence of, you know, coming back to chopping wood and carrying water is that you've may have cleared one thing. But if you're still here, there's something else you probably need to clear, too. And so you just keep doing that deeper work. I've got one more question about the stem scars thing, since because we talk about or, you, you know, we talk about how it's very painful to like, you know, the dripping water like those may not be too difficult, but eventually there, when the bigger release happens, it can be really painful. Yes. And so, and I had a hard time with this concept when you were first sharing about it because I'm like, well, then I've, I've never released a SIM scar in my entire life. But yet at the same time, I think I, I feel like I probably have, but I haven't experienced this, like it, it, this excruciating pain. And I know you talked about yeah. some people do experience like physical pain, but do you, does it have to be painful to release? I can only speak on based on my experiences what, and, and also what people have shared with me. The deeper you go in this, I feel like the, the, the deeper you're kind of deeping, digging into the well and the larger the some scar that shows up and the more painful it is. And, and okay. it's, it's, and that's like in the surface level, you kind of, again, if like somebody cuts you off in traffic, that may honestly, that could throw somebody at a, you know, people shoot people over that stuff or fight people over that. So they could throw them in a whole tantrum. Right. But for the average person, they probably don't go that far, mm -hmm. but they probably might get frustrated. Right. And so there it's like, then all of a sudden right there, the only reason why you got real frustrated is because this inner experience, the guy cut you off. Okay. Maybe you, in the moment it cut you off, it should be like writing water. You get frustrated and it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's like the Dalai Lama talks about, right. His three second pause when he said, they, they asked him, he said, do you feel do you ever get angry again? He goes, yes, I do. But for less than three seconds. And he goes, that's why he said, I take a sacred pause. And by the time I'm done my pause, it's moved through me. Mm -hmm. So somebody cuts you off and it should be gone. If it's not gone, that means you're holding it there because the events no longer happening. Once the events gone, it should be gone through you. Okay. Yeah. But keep talking about the painful thing. Oh, so, so then what happens is, is like, during that, so somebody cuts you off and all of a sudden you start feeling it build up. If you, there's a pain to actually get through it though. Like if it gets really irritated, if you can sit there and relax your hands and let the pain work through the car cutting you off, it just goes away. And then you're no longer bothered by the situation. I, I think you, can you explain the pain? Cause I, I don't feel like, is that pain really painful? It's Does an, it feel like someone's like stabbing you or something? No, or? it's not like a physical pain, but it's a, it's an internal discomfort. And it becomes very discomforting inside. Like, let me give you an example, you know, cause you've already used this publicly when you were at the Santa giveaway at the, the fire house, yes, this is a, okay. Thank you. Yes. This is a better example. And all of a sudden yeah. you felt all that discomfort inside there. Yes. Like hot. Yes. And you had a physical, uncomfortable, yes. but it wasn't like pain, physically painful. It was, no, it's not like somebody, it's extremely not extremely discomforting. discomforting. Yes. And that's the pain. It's the pain that Pat, that, that, Got it. that releases all that. That's what made it click for me because like every time you talk about this painful, I'm like, yeah. people are throwing up there feel like, I mean, which does can, can happen. Yes. Yeah. But I have very but, physical, but you have physical reactions from it. You sweated, you, your heartbeat. That's yes. a physical reaction. But interestingly, yes. 
actually, I remember talking about this at Project U. I did not let it go through me. Exactly. So that is still there. That's going to come back up. Yes. Next time I'm in a situation yes. like that. And who knows where that came came from, right? It could have been something in your own childhood. It could have been something that you yeah. stored that you're not even aware that you stored. And then the minute you were there, it just, there's some scar lit up and you've done enough work on yourself that it's like, here's the first attempt to try to get some of this out. And you were like, it's not happening. No, I left. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, yeah. so again, then if I'll, I had stayed in it. Yes. It may have actually been very, very painful to let go of that. But it would have moved through eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or enough of it was going to yeah. do today. Yeah. I don't think I was ready. Yeah. And a lot of times, <laughs> well, it's, and, and you're not going to be the, yeah. any of the masters that were going there will all talk about that. How like most of the time, like you'll know when you're ready and it's like, well, how will you know? And your mind won't know. You'll know when you're able to relax and you'll able, you also know like how much you can relax and you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I've actually heard, you know, real deep masters say when it gets that painful that you lie on the ground and you literally like just basically just allow and like imagine like your heart is just being let go of and just throwing everything else that you can when it gets extremely painful like that. This is mm-hmm. deep practices of what people do, but that's that painful release. It's the incredible discomfort inside. And that discomfort, then what you, what you do is you're, you don't realize this at the time. The mind goes, I can't handle this. So how do I get out of this situation? But that's, that's a, a large one, but that's what's happening in so many other different situations, which is why people damn up everything. Oh, so I got one last question. You said that one of the first steps is to, um, is to stop storing more yes. because you don't want to keep, cause we've already got enough in us. How, and I, mean, I know you've explained this, but just do it one more time for me. How do you stop the storing of more sim scars. How do you stop smoking cigarettes? Well, I mean, you don't pick one. How do you up. stop drinking alcohol? How do you stop eating? Yeah. So, yeah, I know, but I'll go on, but I just, I'm just understanding it. So like you, you just, have to just, you just have to consciously choose not to engage hold, with it, hold on yes. to a negative thought or even a positive, not a thought necessarily, yeah. but like a negative experience or a positive That's exactly right. experience. You just say, no, I'm not going to, yeah. And you stay there as long as you absolutely can. You go, I'm not going to touch this. I'm not going to touch this. And you use positive affirmation. You use anything that you can do, any technique you can do to, to go from, from touching it. It's the same thing. There's going to be a de- The problem what happens is, is when you, when that's why you start small things that you can handle, like the weather, somebody like you're, you're spilling something on your shoe. Like the third day I drew on my pant when I was here, like actually I can still see it. I actually had like a pen <laughs> and I thought that I was like, going like, I thought I was going like this with the cap on it. Yeah. I realized it was actually there. I looked down and I started laughing, right? Like <laughs> again, but, yeah. or you could just been like, Oh my God, how did this happen? Like you just let it go. Right. That's yeah. when you are just, just start with the things for just you. And, and I, that's why it says, let so go. It's like, don't store. It's just well, frustrations or well, you're in there stopping it. You're in there. So again, if an event happens or something happens that you don't like, you get late, you're, you just watch it, watch it. Look, and people sometimes ask, they say, well, how do you know all this stuff? I go, I'm not smarter. I just watch what's going on inside. That's all I do. So that's how all of these podcasts are made, by the way, of me just watching what happens inside my own head <laughs> or watching the entire experience, the inner experience. And then I just talk about it outwardly. That's all that I'm doing. I'm not any different than anybody else. I just keep working on this and I keep gaining more clarity. And all I do is I watch what happens in my own world inside. And then I just talk about it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so what, what you just said made more sense to me when you said, oh, I'm going to forget it now. When you said um, that something that you don't like, like, because sometimes I'm thinking about feelings, like not try not to store a feeling. No, it's but something whatever, you don't like. Yeah. But I'm, that makes more sense to me. Like if something happens that I don't like. Yeah. 
don't store that. Yes. The minute you hit it and you're going to go instantly, your mind's going to say. Or that I absolutely love. Yes. Don't store that either. Exactly. Appreciate the moment. Yes. And be in the moment with it, but don't store it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's why when the Buddha said life, all of life is suffering. And he said, this is the first noble truth. The second noble truth is all life is suffering basically because of likes and dislikes preference. That's why, because you go, I don't like this. And then the minute you say, I don't like this and you attach yourself to it, you're suffering. Mm. you're suffering. You're suffering at some level. Again, we're not talking about like you just went through bankruptcy suffering. Now that's a different level, but that's what people always go to. I'm not really suffering. Yeah, you are because you're not filled with absolute ecstasy, joy, peace, and enthusiasm every moment of your life. There's an element of suffering. Yeah. I got a little question for you. I'm not sure if this, this goes, but in the very beginning when you were kind of talking about how, um, something about like people, uh, people change because experiences change. Um, anyway, bear with me when I say this, I was talking to my sister the other day and she was saying, you know, sometimes the way you talk about yourself isn't necessarily true. Like you've labeled yourself a certain, like certain ways and almost like limiting yourself by those labels. But I'm wondering if that's based off of some sort of samskara, like for example, like I don't do domestic things. Like that's like one way I explain myself. What do you mean domestic? Like household chores? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't clean yeah. the house. I don't do like, I'm, I don't cook. I don't do any of these things. Like, is that me renouncing part of myself? Is there some scar in there? Is that, cause I feel like people do that. Like they label themselves some way and they might be limiting their own growth in some way. Yeah. I mean, I can't answer that for you. I think the only thing I would tell you is that like anytime it shows up that you don't want to cook, let it go and see where it happens. Anytime it shows up and like you, you know, your house needs to be cleaned and you don't want to clean it, just let it go. And maybe you clean it, maybe you hire somebody. I I, I don't, I wouldn't put too much in there for that. I think, um, it could or could not be. I think that, you know, there are certain animals that keep houses really clean. There's certain animals that don't. There's, yeah. I mean, like there's certain humans that really like a clean car. Like I really enjoy having a clean car, not for, for, and I don't take picture of it and post it on Instagram. I don't care that anybody walks in there and sees that it's dirty or not clean. I just enjoy having a clean car. Cause I like having a clean car. That's yeah. it. Like yeah. I, that's just, I don't like having things on my, my counter. I don't know. I've, I've yeah. always, it's not like, I don't think that those are, I think everyone has their own nature. I know, but and, 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 and that may be more of your nature is to not do that. Um, I know, but the, yeah, sorry. I'm just thinking like, but the funny thing is I actually do all of those things, but I act like I don't. And that's different then. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? Yeah. About? So what I would, so then I would go back to, because believe me, my house is like clean and yes. it's very organized and I don't have a lot of things and I do cook. And so the next time it says, well, I don't cook. Oh, I don't cook. You just say, well, actually, yeah, you do. And yeah. just let go of it. Let go of the concept of you, anything about anything. So, yeah, I was just thinking that this may be getting in more into identity than, yeah. but is identity ter- at all tied to samskaras? Th- well, it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because samskaras drive your entire life. That's where, that's where I started off this conversation where the psyche will generate its own illusion of itself based on what you like and dislike, i.e. samskaras. Yes. So the, remember, that's where the information comes from. If there's no stored things in there, it doesn't pull anything. That's why an ignored guest quickly leaves. When you have no more samskaras, you are a fully enlightened being. That's what you really become because there's nothing damning you up. Then you're fully engaged with life. 
but anything that you've stored is stored based on a like or dislike and majority of them are dislikes. Mm-hmm. Then your roles are then now derived from your likes or dislikes. And then now all of a sudden in the, in the outside world, you spend all of your time trying to hold up to likes and dislikes and i.e., through roles, through identities, through power, through money, through all the things and ways you can manipulate the world is how you actually try to show up that way. Mm. And you create that concept about yourself based on the patterns of energy, i.e. some scars that you've stored. And those are the ones that actually end up running your life. Because again, if you had a wonderful childhood experience in first grade, like, and let's just say you remember first grade vividly and it's your experience, like that is like, you talk about that. Like maybe you become a first grade teacher. Like I'm just like saying like that Mm -hmm. becomes your thing. Whereas if you had a, you know, tremendously not good experience, like you hear people, Oh man, it was so hard. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Like I couldn't be there. I couldn't, yeah. like, of course my kids should probably not even be there. Like I'm just, right. you just or start I spending like yes. school. So I don't like learning. So I don't exactly. want to continue my exactly. as an You see adult. how it drives like your learning. entire life. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, it has to get the information somewhere. Yeah. It's all made up. That's where it comes from. This comes from storms, some scars. It really, it, your ego rarely pulls information from your analytical mind. When's the last time your, your ego went four times four, 16, that should piss you off, right? No, like it just doesn't. It doesn't yeah. pull from the analytical mind. It pulls because there's something blocking you and it's trying to let you know that it's blocked. And instead of dealing with it, you go, let me go manipulate the world so this doesn't show up anymore. And all you're doing is pushing it back down. So, don't store anymore. If you actually remember, remember in transcendental meditation, the reason why they have two sessions is the first one is to actually prevent anything. Is to try, the first one is to actually anything that you store throughout yes. the day to not let it stay in there. Yes, they're just not calling it a samskara. Right. The second one is to go deeper and work on the things that are already stored. Mm. that's what like when the define the reason why they have two sessions is the first one is to get rid of anything you've stored in the last 24 hours. So it's kind of like a release of that. So it doesn't get stored. I use samskara. The second really, the second meditation is designed to go deeper and pull things that are already stored to get it out there. That's why they say always two. That was the whole Maharshi method of having two. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. The whole Maharshi method behind the transcendental meditation was the two sessions a day. The first one just allowed you not to store anything else. The second one dug deeper. And so that's the same kind of process here. Step one is don't store anything else and, and, and you don't have to do anything. Just watch when you get, when something that you like or dislike shows up, you just surrender, let it go as best as you can. You're going to screw up fine. It's all part of failure. Just know it. And then the second one is, is, is to um, start doing the deeper work, which is when bigger things show up to really let go of those things. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you.